What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, this topic is going to be oh, so fitting for January, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Rachelle Minnie, who is a financial abundance coach, and she is going to talk to us about how to get our shit together for 2021. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited. I know no one else is, but that's okay. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get out of the cluster fluff of 2020 and start anew. So how did you get into financial abundance is so interesting to me because it's necessary and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how, how did you get involved in this? Yeah, I'll I'll give you the somewhat long but abbreviated version of of what I've kind of done lately but also how I got into it so I got into finance specifically at 19 and happened across it as I was working my retail job and someone I worked with said I'd be good at finance I was like I have no idea but sure I'll try it <laughs> thinking like that sounds really boring I probably won't enjoy it um, spent the last 15 years in finance and have over the years learned a lot about myself as far as what I enjoy about it and what I don't enjoy about it. So specifically the teaching aspect, the education aspect, I love helping people and serving people in a capacity where they have those light bulb moments and they start to get it. And I don't love the product sales aspect. I've been in sales for most of those 15 years. I don't love the not listening to a client and just driving home a product that doesn't really fit their needs. And that's a lot of the industry. So that's very, um, I'm re very resistant to any company who does that. And I've been with a few companies who are like that. But I think for me, about six years ago is where it really shifted because I was running my own business. I was rather practiced in financial planning. Um, I was very young to be doing that at the time, but <laughs> learning a lot of lessons, failing a lot of the time and um, getting really frustrated because it was more of a product-based approach that we were taking. And I was constantly resisting that and constantly taking this more um, educational approach when I met with clients. And I would spend a lot more time with them than the prescribed time to spend with them. But they were getting a lot out of it. So I was having this internal battle of, you know, what do I do? I'm supposed to be having all these meetings, but I really enjoy the way I'm doing it. And I had the control over that. So um, I 
stopped working at the company but started my own financial wellness platform essentially and at the time i didn't really have the tools or resources or money to really build it out so i i just built it out simply emailing my my clients at the time the information i was receiving and that was the process there was no website there was no anything granular or or great about it from a uh, design perspective it was simply like this is my knowledge this is my education i want to share it with you and it was super powerful and so i had to get another job and um, i kind of let that sit on the sidelines and um, continued to contribute to my education like bundle if you will over time and in the last two years have picked it back up to really get committed to it and um, the last year I specifically spent um, time with all of the platforms I can use now technology's come so far so it's a lot easier and I can you know do a lot of it myself so I love that you you know DIY a lot of things because that's how I feel is I can make a website can do all these things it just takes time so i've spent a lot of the time needed in the last two years on that but also my own mindset around abundance and what does that even mean and shifting into this more instead of just financial planning the very left side of the brain aspect how do i incorporate the mindset of um, abundance and prosperity and really leaning into getting out of scarcity but into this kind of more granular way of living my life on purpose attaching my financial plan to that but having them be much more um, in flow with one another and so for myself that's what i've experienced and what's really great about this story is last week i resigned from my job and really dove into okay again had another situation at a company where my core values weren't aligned and I just got to this place of, again, I can't lead the team I want to lead the way I want to lead them and compliance would get in the way. It's just like, you know what, this isn't serving me. So stepped out of that and now I'm super excited to really go all in on this because I have all of the right pieces at this point. And I feel so abundant at this point as far as my education, where I'm at and my story that it just feels like so much in alignment with where I get to go and help women and support people in that journey for themselves. And so it's really just, hey, this is what I've done and this is how I get to help others do the same for themselves. That's so cool. Congratulations on going full time. That's so Thank exciting. You. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, 2020 has been an anomaly, I hope. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, uh, as a financial abundance coach, what have you noticed that a lot of people get wrong when they're trying to develop a mindset that isn't around scarcity? I mean, like I said, not even considering the horror of last year, of just, mm -hmm. you know, every, like, just what do you see? I want to start changing my mindset about money, but nothing seems to be working. So how do you suggest I get into this and what kind of traps do you see people falling into? Yeah, I think a lot of um, people fall into, well, first of all, they lack confidence. And so that alone deters them from even starting, frankly. I meet a lot of people who the minute finance comes up, they literally shrink back. They literally physically cannot 
um, and do not want to have that conversation around money. So the first step is just being able to release some of that tension and, and step into the basics. And a lot of um, the programs I offer start with the basics. It's the habits. How do you take one habit you can do every single day for the next month and incorporate that into your life? And I had to do this myself with a nutrition program because nothing was working. I was working out all the time. I was supposedly eating right, all the things, but it was all over the place. I was trying to do all the things, and I feel like people do the same with finances. They maybe they commit, so they try and do all the things, save this and pay off this debt and do all the things, but then there's some sort of breakdown that occurs because life happens. We want to plan streamlined with finances, but life is not streamlined. <laughs> 2020, right? <laughs> so I think it's interesting because if we could just start and give ourselves some grace in one habit, in one mindset technique, in one strategy as a part of our plan, we would get so much further over a year. There's a book called The Slight Edge, and I've really incorporated it into everything I do with my coaching. And it's literally just changing one thing. Um, they talk about every single day, but I frankly talk about once a month, <laughs> like one thing once a month. And so well, once a day sounds terrifying. Yeah. But if you do, and it could be little, like, you know, mm. if you have trouble brushing your teeth as the example, like brush your teeth for five seconds, it's like, okay, well, you're going to continue if you just, you know, commit to that. Right. So the idea is that you create momentum and over 365 days, now you've slightly changed your habits so much that you can see the drastic change over that time frame. Um, so I think it's just starting somewhere and being confident enough to start um, and letting go of the way it's supposed to look, I think is the best place to start. Can you talk more about supposed to look? Yes, this has been coming up a lot lately, <laughs> especially this year. It's supposed to look a certain way. It does not, not even close. <laughs> so I think a lot of people feel like they should be further along than they are financially. And whether or not that's true and by whose standard is, is a mute point because you've lived your life up until this point a certain way and if you are committed to changing certain things about you it's going to look different for everyone so supposed to look you can look at all of these um you know investor blogs and they'll tell you on the scale like if you're 40 years old you're supposed to have this much in assets because that's what your peer group has and the reality is in the clients that i meet it's all over the place there are people who are 40 years old and have significant amounts of debts and there are people who have millions of dollars right so the gamut is large but when you commit to your journey and what that financial wellness journey gets to look like for you it opens up this path of momentum that you hadn't had before so letting go of what it's supposed to look like and just acknowledging where you're at today is probably one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself because a lot of people just aren't acknowledging this is where i'm at today i have fifty thousand dollars of debt today i don't have a positive net worth whatever those facts are acknowledging it sitting with it forgiving yourself for it and then being able to move forward with grace and acknowledge that you're committed to the process moving forward 
I, I love that. I'm, I'm sitting with it because it's, it's so true. And it's so difficult at the same time, right? It's so like, mm -hmm. I know I'm supposed to be, I feel I'm supposed to be this way and I'm actually this way. And mm -hmm. the, the disconnect can be so difficult to overcome, especially when you're trying to do abundance mentalities. And mm -hmm. how do you suggest people develop, uh, I guess, reward systems that tie into financial abundance, but don't, how, how do I want to put it? Don't <laughs> uh, go ever, ever, ever further into the quagmire of whatever they're trying to get out of. Yeah. I think when we celebrate our mindset and our habits, the rest comes. So when we do goal setting, um, it's really not necessarily about, I mean, obviously it's lo the losing 10 pounds or, you know, saving $10,000, whatever that goal is, it's about that, but it's, it's not really about that when you set up your reward system. It's about the little tiny steps you take along the way. And when you think about excellence and when you think about being in integrity with yourself, it's not the end result that now all of a sudden equals excellence or having integrity. It's all of the hard choices that you had to make along the way to get there. Michael Phelps was never an Olympic athlete before he was an Olympic athlete. He took steps along the way that made him excellent before he even won the medals, right? So if we operate in the same mindset around, okay, I'm going to commit to one of the habits in my programs is save a dollar a day. Seems super simple, but if you've never done it, it's really hard. And so just saving a dollar a day, using that concept of whatever dollar amount that is for you, saving $5 a day, $10, a hundred, whatever that dollar amount is, it's can you be consistent at one thing and commit that to yourself and have integrity with yourself and be, take it, take ownership of it really and celebrate the journey around that. If you did that for 30 days and got it 80% right, you're creating momentum. You're already there. So it's not about having it perfect. It's about taking the journey and celebrating it along the way. That's beautiful. I love that. And I love, it's all about momentum, right? And so I love that a dollar a day sounds like, well, that's just ridiculous. But then you look back and all of a sudden, if you've never saved before, you suddenly have 30 bucks in a bank account. Mm -hmm. How do you... I don't know how I want to put it. Let's talk about the added variable of being an entrepreneur. So oh, yeah, let's do. <laughs> <laughs> so either you're trying to get yourself out of bad choices that you've made before and climbing your way out of debt or trying to save more or get out of a terrible job or all of these things and you're starting your own business or you're running a business, how do you keep an abundant mindset throughout? Because in my head, when you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't shut off at six o'clock, right? Like it keeps going. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs find it, myself included, find it very hard to just be okay in this space. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. How do you handle clients that are entrepreneurs and want to continue or start to have a financially abundant mindset? Yeah. 
Um, I have kind of two parts of the story to share my own. Um, the first time I ran my own business and went all in, I did not have the, the right tools from a mindset perspective. I tried, you know, and fail, failed at the same time, but um, I didn't have the vision of what I was trying to create. I was still doing a job in my mindset and I was still working a job and still shutting it off and still not all in and in integrity with that. And I recognize that now, I didn't recognize it then, but this time around in building a business over the last two years, the shift for me has really been in aligning myself consistently to my vision. And what does that actually mean? Because that sounds like kind of vague. It's doing the work to spend time identifying what do I want this to look a year from now, three years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And if we're entrepreneurs, are we committed to this for the next 20 years? Are we running a business like we say we're running a business and are we committed to it for the long term? Because I find myself at times and I know others constantly like, okay, for the next three months, for the next three months, for this like very short timeframes. And we never take that vision further out into 20 years. What do I want to look back at my life at when I'm 85 and, and want it to look like and feel like, what do I want that to be? And when we connect to our vision, it is so powerful. You feel it in your body. And when you have those bad days and when you, you know, have the failures, you know then to shift back to that vision. Okay, what am I here for? What am I actually doing this for? Because if I'm doing this to empower millions of women to live their dream, live their purpose and connect to that financial abundance mindset like that's so powerful for me so every entrepreneur i work with it's like if you don't have a big enough why you're probably going to fail like it's it, it's kind of like are you doing this for you are you doing this for others what's the value that you're bringing and what's the vision that you are identifying with and if it's not big enough then it's going to continue to allow you to play small Hey guys, Megan here. How are your conversions doing? Are they maybe a little womp womp? I am here to help you with this exclusive free training about two phrases you can use that just boost your conversions like kapow. But there's a catch. It's totally free, but you have to get it in my Facebook group. That's the only place it's available. So to join Join my Facebook group. No, <laughs> joining my Facebook group is totally free. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Megan Brame. Once you join, you'll be able to get access to the training that shows you two stupidly simple phrases you can use to add oomph to your conversions in your marketing. It's going to blow your mind. And I am so excited for you to check it out. Again, facebook.com slash groups slash Megan Brame. I'll see you in there. Playing small is so, I love that you're talking about the, we train ourselves to do sprint and not marathon, right? Of like, okay, let's do our 90 day plan and we're going to rock this 90 day plan. And then most of us can't even get the 90 day plan done, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yep. it, and so it, I think that what I'm hearing you say is that these 90 day sprints, just to use them as a category, mm -hmm. 
are too short-sighted to have any kind of not momentum but any kind of what am i trying to say <laughs> yeah so because i do like the 90 day sprint um for activity based mm -hmm. um momentum but there's a separation in you know connecting to our why emotionally and why we show up every day and the work that we have to put in every day right because i have 12 week plans don't get me wrong and 12 week plans work really well when you have a strong vision so i think the part that a lot of us are skipping um and speaking specifically into our finances, it's, you know, you want to save $100,000, you want to buy a boat, you want to go on vacation. Well, why? Like dig into that why even there and in our businesses, because if our why is not strong enough, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And if we start there, instead of start with like this goal, we start with our vision and our purpose and then align that back to what goals we want to make because of that vision now it's connecting now it's making sense and when we do have the bad days tactically in those 90-day sprints we can just pull out and be like okay i want to take some time to connect back to my vision and why i'm even doing this and maybe even shift a little bit like this what i'm doing is not working tactically so how do i get to shift that mentality or shift that action into what's connecting back to my vision Sorry, special guest, yep. Betty, <laughs> Betty in the bag. Um, <laughs> for those listening, as I told Rachel, um, Betty is 13 and officially does what she wants. And so I just can't, <laughs> we just roll with the punches now. <laughs> so let's talk tactically 2021. How do I, as an entrepreneur, start setting a financial plan to be better abundant with my mindset? Oh my God. Betty. <laughs> oh, Betty. <laughs> oh, this, this, uh, I'll, I'll do this fast. <laughs> this is audio, friends. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, Betty's out of the bag now. <laughs> so 2021, how do I start setting a plan to not only work on my finances as an entrepreneur, but to start on my mindset and forgive myself for anything past. Yeah. So I think there's three areas that we can focus on to really create that momentum in a financial abundant mindset. One, it's starting with mindset. Two is habits. And three is the goals. Um, and maybe not necessarily in that order. It really depends on each individual and what really resonates and what is needed in their own life. But from my financial standpoint, it's connecting back to what do you want to create for the year financially? If you're looking to create a six figure business, great, why? And dig deeper with that. Why are you trying to do that? What is it going to create for your life? Why is that important to you? And like continue to ask yourself why multiple layers in and really sit with, is that really worth it to you? Is spending your time and, and having some of these trade-offs worth getting that result if you do work 10 12 hours a day and if the answer is like in your body like no not really then you need a new goal you need a new why right you got to re rethink some of it and that happens a lot with my clients as we really dig in it's 
the why isn't big enough and and that's okay and it gets to just be something that you sit with until it really comes up because the moment you acknowledge that that's not it the moment you free up the opportunity to find what it is and if we're constantly trying to dig and commit to something that doesn't resonate like it's going to continue to not work um, from a habits perspective I think that's maybe an easier one to get started because you can um, say, all right, I'm going to focus on these two or three habits. Start small, two or three habits. I'm going to automate my savings. I'm going to start with every time I get money from a project, especially an entrepreneur role, it's typically project or the cycle is a roller coaster of finances. But um, I'm going to take a percentage. This is really important. Take a percentage of that and put that money into savings. And so there's really three components to the habits. It's making sure that when you're saving, you're taking a percentage of a project. So it could be 1%, 5%, 10%, whatever percentage that is that you feel comfortable with, putting it in a separate account altogether so that it's out of sight, out of mind. It doesn't hopefully get spent. Obviously, there's emergencies, but just trying to create separation. And then, um, oh, I had a third one. Now I can't remember it. Um, it'll come to me. Um, <laughs> but taking those habits and identifying, you know, what's going to be the biggest impact if I start small with that and then create the momentum around it. Um, oh, automation. That was the other thing. So any way, shape or form, you can automate anything that actually helps you create momentum because now you're not spending the energy paying each individual bill every single month, if that's possible. Again, I know it's not always possible because money kind of flows in and out very oddly, but if it's possible to automate, especially the bills, it just takes this weight off of you and allows you to focus on other things like saving, like being in abundance and having that um, stretch you a little bit further instead. Um, and then from a goal planning perspective, again, that kind of ties back into the vision. If your vision is to um, create an income that's passive, especially in the entrepreneur world, there's an ability to create goals around what that gets to look like over a year. And then those year-long goals, you break down into 90-day sprints, right? Because I think if we just create year goals, we don't create habits or tactics or anything around it that allows us to get there, we'll try to scramble at the end and it usually doesn't pan out. That's fair. <laughs> I have been guilty of that too. So <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? It's just yep. the nature mm -hmm. The fun in and out of financial abundance. So when someone is ready, they think they're ready to come work with you. What kind of work do you, what kind of homework do you want them to do ahead of time? And what can they expect in your services? Yeah. So my services are best suited for someone who is in either a career or a business, um, you know, even entrepreneurs that are um, usually a few years in and they're feeling good, relatively speaking, about where they're at from a financial standpoint. They're, they don't have loads of debt. I'm not a debt counselor. There are debt counselors I can recommend, but they're really at this place of like stuck and kind of 
like bored and don't know where to go with it. I say bored because usually it's the career professionals that are bored. They're feeling fine about finances, but they're like, I don't even know what to do with this. So I want education and I want more to do more with my money that I'm creating. And then on the entrepreneur side, it's usually like, hey, I feel okay about this, but I don't know how to save. Money comes in, but money goes out. And I don't know how to get it out of the business. I don't know how to create savings in certain places that allows me to, you know, take a step away from my business or I need to, you know, find a way to hire more people. And so it's kind of that transitional phase where things are going pretty okay, but uh, how do I step out of this? How do I really get to that next level in creating wealth, creating um, a strong amount of savings that aligns with kind of where I want to go next with my career, my business, my life. Um, and the pre-work then is is really the the debt management, right? I, I'm not a debt counselor. I'm, I don't spend a lot of time in that space. So clearing that out is like the first step of minimal debt. Obviously a mortgage is fine. Car payments, like pretty standard things. But if you have loads of credit card debt or personal loans or things where you probably should get debt counseling, um, I can always talk you through that, but that's not um, the space I play in. Um, and then from a pre-work standpoint, it's really just being open, open-minded to, I want to learn more. I want to take a step into what's next for me financially, but I don't know what that looks like or where to go with it. So what kind of considerations do you think someone should have when they are ready to, let's say they're a seasoned entrepreneur, um, they want to grow their business. They're not really sure what that means in terms of not only wealth management, but profit management and things like that. Like what kind of steps do you recommend with that kind of situation? Yeah. So I know I talk a lot about vision, but I'm going to go there again. <laughs> if it works, man, do we? <laughs> it really does. Like it's just so simple. And I just find so many people don't really dig into it. And we might sit here and say, yeah, my vision is to build a brand and do this and that. It's like getting into the why, the why is that important to you? And so if we can identify and, and for some, they come to me and they have their why and they understand it, it's still digging a little bit deeper and identifying, okay, so if your why is to create this brand, is to create this experience, what does that look like three years and five years down the line? I'm really taking it out to this kind of next level of, is there a point where you want to pass on the business? What's your exit strategy? And if it is to be in the business for forever, cool, that's fine too, but where do you want to take it? And so a lot of people want to create momentum and, um, and, and have truly, and it's funny because so many people are afraid to talk about their dreams from a standpoint of, I feel like I'm doing pretty okay. Like I can't complain. I'm super grateful for where I'm at, especially in the environment we're in today, but it's like, okay, and what's next, right? And that's my constant question is you get to dream big and you're playing a mediocre game right now and it's easy for you. So what does it look like to dream big? And a lot of them do have to sit with that and say, you know, I'd really love to start a nonprofit. I'd really love to, um, you know, commit to being a part of um, the energy space and really what that could look like for our, the future of our world. I mean, thinking big, right? Like, and it's scary because in your body, you're like 
super resistant to like, if I say this out loud, I have to do it. <laughs> it's like, no, let's just play in the possibility of what that could look like because maybe you start super small and you commit you know, time once a month to go sit at a, you know, solar energy facility and help out or whatever that looks like. But it's really stepping into that next step of what your vision is kind of requesting of you and what that can look like. And then taking it from there and just playing in that possibility because we all have so much um, to offer the world and we are all so talented. But a lot of times we play small and we associate having more money with that's for me and the most powerful thing that i've learned lately even my own life is it's not about me it's if i create millions of dollars of wealth in my life i get to redirect that to my purpose and it's a bigger vision than just about me that is beautiful i love that yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very not philanthropic uh, and just gonna... philanthropic yeah thank you yeah thank you sometimes the coffee works and sometimes okay. it doesn't. <laughs> so, let's talk about this five vitals checklist um, yes i want to hear more about this yes okay this is my favorite thing to teach people of all time and it's so for me i've done it so many times it's so simple but for a lot of people it's super impactful so the five vitals are the foundation of building financial wellness at a very basic level. So a lot of people haven't taken the time to plan around what it looks like to save, what it looks like to budget, what it looks like to um, identify the protection pieces in their world. So the five vitals allows you to, if you put all those pieces together, the hardest one that I find is you know, just really challenging for a lot of people is keeping your rent or mortgage under 20% of your total income. That's almost impossible for someone in New York City because of the prices, right? But if, if you're willing to commit to those numbers, the momentum comes easy. And so it takes time. It seems so simple. There's five vitals, right? How hard could it be? But it can take three years, four years, five years for some people to get to a place where they have all five vitals completed. And so it is really the foundation to allowing yourself to move into this next level of wealth building, which is more of the space that I tend to play in. And understanding where you get to go with that. Okay, I've taken care of my savings. I have an emergency fund. That emergency fund is at least six months of my living expenses built up. I've created a budget and budgeting is not this typical, like write out all the things and make sure the money that's coming in pays for it. Budgeting is really about bucketizing your money. So creating buckets where, okay, this amount of money is what I'm committed to um, spending on my business, on my personal life, and saving for my future self. And then maybe there's other things that, you know, kind of are buckets along the way, but at its simplest form, that's what it is. And then it's automating it. So you don't have to look at it all the time. So you don't have to go back to it every month, make sure it works itself out. There's always going to th be things that come up in life, but the minute we start saving for our future self, that's what that bucket is for, is to replenish your buckets when life happens and when shit goes awry. <laughs> so um, 
and then the mortgage thing is is really impactful. Sometimes it it requires changing kind of the life situation that you're in. So again, that could be one of two ways. I don't recommend reducing your lifestyle. I recommend earning more money <laughs> and attracting more money. But um, that that would be something I would consider helping someone with is, okay, how do you create more income so that now your mortgage fits that model of less than 20% of your total money coming in? And where can people get this checklist? Yep. You can get it on my website or on my Instagram. So the website is financialfitnessunleashed.com. And my Instagram is finfitu, F-I-N-F-I-T-U. And we'll link to all of those, of course. But if anyone has any other questions, um, do you prefer Instagram or how should they get in touch with you? Yeah, um, you can find me both ways. You can schedule time directly from Instagram and you can schedule time directly from my website as well. Fantastic. And before we go, is there anything that we missed that you want people to know about? Um, I am doing a free women's circle. So I do workshops um, every month. And so December 16th, I am doing a workshop on. This will be in January. Okay. So never mind. <laughs> um, for January, we'll do one. Let's see. What, what one will that be? One, one moment. Take your time. Let me pull up your calendar. <laughs> So January 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific. Your your episode will go live um, January 21st. Do you have one okay. in February? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we should have scheduled this out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. So 822. February 5th. Okay. So let's start this one again. So is there, before we go, is there anything else you want people to know about? Yes, I have free women's circles, which are workshops where women come together and learn more about their finances and their financial wellness journey. February 5th is our women's circle at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And you will find the link to register for the webinar on the website and on Instagram. Perfect. And we'll link to that too. But thank you so much. This has been so enlightening. And yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey guys, Megan here. Just a reminder, I have regular Q&A episodes coming out. So if you want your questions answered, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question, all one word, and you'll be able to get your question posted. And if I feature it, you will get a copy, a free copy of my book, Day One, A Practical Guide to Launching Your Business. So again, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question. And if your question gets featured, I'm sending you a free copy of my book as a thank you. On the next episode bring in enough to cover the bills, that's what's going to show up. And so sometimes it's about the words we say, which are the blocks we have around money. Um, some are um, that they aren't willing to make more than what their parents made. And so they'll get up to that level too. Um, but they're always being encouraged to spend more, spend more, spend more. So we get stuck in 
I think the most common for entrepreneurs is hustle phase, which is, is necessary in startup, right? It's, it's, we have more time than money usually. If people are coming out of a job, um, time might be that, that key factor. They don't, they're doing it late in the evenings or on the weekends. But we usually have more time to invest in that startup. But then we start getting used to that phase of hustling. And we hustle for the first dollar and we it's already spent. And but so we have to keep hustling to bring money in that's already spent. <laughs> that's how we get into debt. That's how I got into debt. Um, so how do you get how do you stop? You have to have that that moment um, where 